0: Welcome to the Stargate Archives, buried deep within Cheyenne Mountain. Good evening everybody, welcome to this new episode of Stargate Archives. Joining me tonight is Ian. How are you, mate? Hello, Mike. I'm great, thanks. How are you? I'm fine. It's been a busy week. We're recording a couple of weeks before Christmas. Things are getting a bit more hectic in uh, work schedules, life, commitments and everything. And we're managing to squeeze an hour, an hour and a half, one Friday evening.
1: I've just realised what I meant to say was, I'm absolutely fine. There's nothing cruvous with me. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) I had it written down. I was like, this is what I'm going to say when he asks how I am. And then I completely forgot.
0: (laughs) If you're listening, folks, that's a clue to what episode we're going to be doing. I asked you to pick an episode in. Which one did you pick?
1: It was pretty tough. I'm not going to lie. I was I was really tempted to go for Window of Opportunity. Somebody um, will. Yeah, I'm hoping it will be me. No, I thought uh, Fifth Race was an excellent choice. It's sort of pretty critical episode in in the entire series. So yeah, yeah, fabulous episode. It is. Yeah, beautiful introduction. Also, great music.
0: Yes, indeed, it does. Right, The Fifth Race. It's a Season 2 episode of Stargate HD1, Episode 15, written by Robert C. Cooper and directed by David Weary-Smith. At its world premiere in the UK, December the 16th, 1998, and in America, January the 22nd, 1999. Up oh, yours, America. <laughs> it did always happen, but when it did, we could take some pleasure in the fact that we didn't get any spoilers.
1: Yeah, for one.
0: <laughs> right then, we'll jump straight in, shall we?
1: Excellent. Let's do
0: it. The episode opens up in a briefing, which is Daniel is leading. He's looking at some information that was returned from a probe from the planet P3R272. It's a nice circular symbol with some fancy, well, we assume is writing. Daniel seems convinced it's
1: literature. We actually don't get the briefings very often. When I rewatch this episode, it's like, ha, huh, yeah, I remember them. They kind of phase them out.
0: Well, it gets to the point where it's a very bland opening, won't it? Yes, that's true. This is what we're doing this week. Jack doesn't know what you're talking about. Either Sam or Daniel is the expert in it, and Tilk just sits there stoically.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, oh my god, what's not Davis character? Hammond. <laughs> well, wow, how did I do that? Yeah, Hammond actually points out in this episode, he's just like, yes, Doctor, we've all read the briefing. <laughs>
0: yeah, I know. That's, that's one excellent way to cut down the expedition and get into the story proper.
1: Yeah, I thought that was quite excellent.
0: Daniel identifies four languages. Also, it relates directly to Torment on Tantalus.
1: Yes, and it's little field episode. Yep.
0: One of the languages yeah. on this, I don't know what you'd call it. Uh, it's not a cartouche, of course. Painting, drawing, symbol, whatever, is identical to the, what they saw on the device on Tantalus. Of course, we recognise it from having seen seen this language in many, many episodes. <laughs> good. Um, it's quite rewarding seeing our favourite characters totally in the dark and not knowing what's to come.
1: Yeah, it actually looks like Cuneiform, the um, ancient language, which I'm not sure they mention. They probably do.
0: I think it's been mention, mentioned on the podcast before. Probably by you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it might well have been.
0: Right, so they get to go ahead to visit this planet. They gate in. It's a very basic set, but quite impressive.
1: Yeah, it's got a well, old style stargatey effect to the walls. Yeah. Sort of.
0: I think they had some uh, material that was left over, so
1: that would do. Just some huge heaps of vinyl. They're like, what are we going to do? Build a holodeck? Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Although I, I do think the DHD looks out of place.
1: Yeah, it's quite strange there, isn't it?
0: It is. You'd think almost there'd be some variation on the technology for that. Or maybe off to the side or something.
1: It's just sitting there. The room's pretty empty, aside from couple of interesting little artefacts.
0: Yeah, (laughs) and Jack goes and thumps the wall. Yep, pretty solid. (laughs) (laughs) Which, credit
1: to the uh, audio department, that
0: sounded like he was hitting some sort of concrete.
1: (laughs) Someone in Foley was having a great time bashing away at some concrete. Of
0: course, from the cannon, well, not quite the overhead shot, but the distance shot, we see that there is some artwork on the floor. There is a, a strange device on the far wall. Tilk walks up to it.
1: He doesn't look happy about it.
0: <laughs> no, does Jack walk through the circle first? And that activates oh, the device. That's when Tilk actually goes on and has a look through it.
1: Yeah, you're right, because uh, he looks into it and he sees blackness. Yep. All the coloured lights, apparently. Yeah. Pretty
0: coloured lights.
1: And then Jack has a peek.
0: Yeah, Jack, <laughs> oh, well, I'm here now, I must have a look, because Jack was up already five seconds. Right, nothing here, let's go. <laughs> you yeah. don't think Jack's heart was in this mission to begin with?
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he just casually has a glance. He sees coloured lights too, which are pretty cool. And then, all of a sudden, some weird hand thing. The whole thing kind of, like, stretches out and grabs his head. Very HR Geiger. Yeah, it is actually, isn't it? It is, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't think of that before. Do you think the prop team wanted to get their alien on?
0: To be honest, he has become so dominant in that field. If you want something looking organic then yeah. he's got it covered yes that's true <laughs> yeah. you can't really do anything originally in that field anymore
1: oh my god they had a um, a bit of an aside they had an alien head on the prop store the other day Yeah. it was a three grand I think I was like wow <laughs> uh,
0: if only <laughs> like, if I need only. to own
1: that <laughs> definitely can't afford it
0: Oh, the, if you've got the money there are some incredible props out there yeah. beautiful pieces
1: it was good. There were some wooden staff weapons and all sorts of things.
0: I tried to stay away now because I'm I'm weak. I'm weak. I admit yeah, it. No. I mean, oh, I had a, a, a bought How to Train Your Dragon collectible from yeah sideshow collectibles. All right. So I get their email. Note
1: that down for googling
0: later. Yeah, 99% <laughs> of the time, no, oh, no, 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 no. And then I saw free global shipping against this Groot and Rocket. <gasps> Here are figurines. I went, damn. Oh, oh, Free no, global no. shipping is, is about 50 quid in itself. Yeah, <laughs> so I go, click. I look at it and think, <laughs> oh, that's lovely. What's that, what's that in pounds? Okay, I'll have to pay VAT. Yeah, oh, damn, that's doable, isn't it?
1: Oh, <laughs> click. Oh I no. clicked it. <laughs> Just an early Christmas present to yourself. It's fine.
0: It came today. <laughs> oh. oh. Trying to figure out how to pose them. Rocket's gun is bloody huge.
1: Is it? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to have to go and find this.
0: <laughs> right. Meanwhile, back on the uh, Stargate SG-1 episode.
1: <laughs> Jack
0: bit. is released from this device and he collapses on the floor. Yeah, he looks pretty uh, shaken, Yep. to say the least. And um, we go to titles. Yes. We come um, back from titles and we're in the infirmary with uh, Dr. Frazier doing the old eye test, which becomes... <laughs> Common occurrence, when no matter what you suffer from, any SG team will get the eye test.
1: <laughs> yeah, she does love that torch. Yeah. Presume it goes through a lot of batteries.
0: Is it Cameron who actually brings the subject up as late latest season? I know someone does.
1: I don't know. It's not this episode where Jack says, what could possibly be in my eyes? If <laughs> I was to like, say, it probably is, Jack.
0: I haven't seen Stargate SG-1 much this year. <laughs> it's starting to seep out of my brain, being you know, as my brain's filled up with other shows.
1: Oh, no. No, you need to keep keep <laughs> topping it up.
0: <laughs> right. Jack's been catatonic for one hour, which is a bit disturbing.
1: Yeah, it's, it's not how you really want your SG teams to be.
0: No. It's a pity we didn't see the General's reaction when they carried Jack back through the Stargate.
1: <laughs> Sans hat.
0: Yeah. And him saying, Jackson, I thought this was just a recon mission. Uh, sorry, General. <laughs> <laughs> We're at the briefing room. Interesting to note that Jack is doodling some sort of device right now. Yeah. Nothing's instead of it. You just say over his shoulder. There is something cylindrical. He's drawing something cylindrical. And he's very impatient as well. Are we done here? Can, can I go? Hammond's losing his rag with him a bit.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he does keep saying that, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. Are we done. <laughs> he's kind of pushing it a bit.
0: <laughs> and that's when we get the immortal first ancient Latin type word. Cruvis. Nothing Cruvis with me. And then you get the look and the pause.
1: <laughs> what? Well, well, what? Yeah. <laughs> Daniel's like, hello, wait, hang on, what? <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, that, that didn't sound right. That doesn't sound like something Jack would say in any shape or form.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's uh, interesting. The
0: general is pretty much sure that something is going on. He orders Jack basically to stay on the base. Yeah. I mean, normally that, that wouldn't even come up. You wouldn't assume Jack would leave the base. When he's on duty, but no, now uh, you're going to stay on the base.
1: Yeah, which is, like we've said, there's been some weird situations arise before where no one's thought, mm, maybe we should lock things down.
0: Yeah, first thing they know yeah. is, uh, where's so-and-so? Uh, well, he went off base. What? Yeah. <laughs> you know, say, if they don't enact the wildfire protocols, people just come and go as they please.
1: <laughs> yeah, they do. Off to that steakhouse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd just love to say there's a moment here where Daniel and Jack you didn't, did, didn't, oh, did, didn't, that. did. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Almost thinking, you know, the general thinking, oh, God, I had enough of this with my kids.
1: <laughs> I know, it's brilliant.
0: Yeah. We jump to the gymnasium. Well, and I, I say gymnasium, it's a room with some floor mats on and some... Uh, <laughs> it's a very hastily redressed set.
1: Yeah, it really is. It very much looks like Jack improvised this room. Yes,
0: he went to the general, is anybody using that room? Nope, good. <laughs> they are now. <laughs> this is a
1: great scene. Jack, yeah. <laughs> Jack's <laughs> wants, wanting to spar with Teal. He's like dancing around. He's got a big boxing hat on. What's, what? Uh, there's probably a name for that. I don't know what it's called. <laughs> sort of protective helmet type thing.
0: Yeah, something. some amateur boxers and sparers wear. Yeah. After all, you don't want to hurt yourself while you're throwing punches.
1: No, no, exactly. He's got gloves on. <laughs> he's he's dancing around all over the place, and Teok's just staring stoically at him, puzzled.
0: Yeah, e- explain this this boxing to me. I'm supposed to hit you, okay then, uh, and you're supposed to hit me. <laughs> so why are you dancing around? And basically, well, that is that is the huge paradox of boxing, because ultimately, when it gets into the brawl, that is fighting. Boxing yeah. is people dancing around, moving their feet, ducking and weaving. And it only works if both parties play along. Yeah, uh, Teal'c definitely isn't. No, and Jack, Jack lands one on him and just just, just stands there.
1: Did, oh, did I hurt you? He looks down like a fly might have landed on him or something. I uh,
0: did I hurt you? Yeah. And Jack puts his gloves down, all, all concerned, and you just know what's coming.
1: <laughs> Teal'c gives him a really... Teal'c's already stoic. He gives him a really deadpan look. Yeah. And he's no, I'm fine. <laughs> smack. <laughs> <laughs> he, there,
0: was, there was some power behind that because Jack goes down. goes down hard.
1: Yeah, he does. Like a sack of potatoes. <laughs> yeah, I'd there's... just like to point out, when Jack does go down, the camera's been like quite highly shot, like waist up, this whole time. This is where you realise Jack's wearing an enormous red cup. <laughs> it's, it's
0: absolutely huge, isn't it? <laughs> it is. I mean... He's he, he really proud of what he's got to protect. Oh, <laughs> yeah. well, it's a one-size-fits-all, and uh, they're Americans, and, well, they like to brag. Yeah, yeah that's probably it. It doesn't look cool. right, the fact that he's not got shorts over it. No. I mean, it just looks ridiculous.
1: It's effectively a bright red version of the helmet he's wearing, but lower down. <laughs> yeah. Do not hit this part. Yeah. Have you ever read any of the Discworld novels? I have. Listened to the audiobooks of the three. God's <laughs> Gods? Somehow, my brain processed that as Ringworld. Oh, um, Discworld, yes.
0: Look, Red or heard guards, guards. Yes, it's brilliant. Carrot and is protective. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's what it is. It's protect your vitals. Oh, okay. You uh,
1: <laughs> gotta protect your vitals.
0: Yeah, somebody need me, and they went bong.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love those books. <laughs> oh, dear. I can imagine Jack would be a fan of the Discworld books.
0: He probably would. On, on a long night, staring out at the, at the stars, reading a few chapters and looking up and making a few notes. Yeah.
1: Sitting by his pond with no fish in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You
0: realise that you don't know what sort of property he inherited, but Jack always did well for himself.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. I presume that he got paid extremely well by the Air Force, and then when he split, he decided he was going to buy somewhere just for him. Yeah, could be, yeah.
0: Maybe a fixer-upper as well. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Although, I'm seeing pictures of MacGyver now. Fixing the roof
1: and everything. <laughs> yeah, the roof's just carrier bags duct taped together with bits of chewing gum holding it.
0: <laughs> this is also the scene where we get Jack telling Tilt to bend your Kozaks.
1: Really? I don't remember that.
0: Yep. Yeah, while he's uh, doing his dancing. So something seriously is going on at this point. What's the phrase? Uh, word salad.
1: Yeah. Either oh, I'm way. familiar with that one. Yeah. <laughs> Always First thinking. heard
0: about that on Frasier. Really? I think so, yeah. I have never seen that. tell you, you know, you learn, you learn more there. You've got to look it up afterwards, of course, because <laughs> you can't trust television. No, you can't. <laughs> we get another example of that a bit later where Janet goes on about using 10% of your brain.
1: Oh, a classic TV trope.
0: Yeah. And it's only <laughs> been in probably the last couple of years. The medical profession have come out and said, that's a load of nonsense. Yeah. It's good narrative though, isn't it?
1: Yeah. I saw a YouTube video just the other day that was a one of those cracked YouTube videos. Yeah talking about that exact thing, uh, the number of films and TV programs that have used the 10% thing. Ooh, that'd be a lot. Yeah, it was It was good. It was a good episode. Um, now they go to see Daniel. Yep. And Jack has realised, okay, something is definitely not right. Pretty
0: much a heartfelt, what the hell is going on with me?
1: Yeah, that's exactly what he says. And yep. then he gets a, He drops another word into his word salad. Yeah,
0: for, for letters.
1: Letters?
0: Yeah. And Daniel, good research monkey, the, the Latin translation... Uh, Fersalatus? Fersalatus. Ability. For well, no, the, the Latin is slightly different. Oh, I see. Yeah, it's got a f a. Well, I spelt it F-A-C-U-L instead of F-A-L-A. Ah. You have notes. Faculatus instead of flatus. Which is right, okay. because the ancient and Latin are... Deri- Latin is a derivative of ancient, or so we believe. Either way, in Latin it means ability, and ability fits with what Jack was saying. There you go. Ladies and gentlemen, Mike is prepared. Notes make a huge, make a, <laughs> make a huge difference, because even with notes, though, sometimes I go, uh, who said that? I've written stuff down that <laughs> I can't even understand at times. <laughs> Challenge. And meanwhile, though, Jack is looking at the monitor, and he begins reading the text that Daniel can't even begin to decipher.
1: Yeah, we get some sort of creepy music in the background, too.
0: Yeah, just to ramp up the tension and the omnicity. Is that a word?
1: It sounds like it might be a word.
0: <laughs> Ominous, omnicity, could be, I don't know.
1: <laughs> right, somebody find out, tweet the show, let us know.
0: <laughs> right, we jump to the lab, we've got a huge chalkboard, loads and loads of math on it. Carter is totally mystified, so whatever Jack was writing down is beyond her understanding of any of uh, classical mathematics. Of course, at this point, Carter still hasn't been exposed to some of the more high-end sums, Uh, The more advanced species muck around with.
1: (laughs) Not yet, but soon. Give it time. She'll crack it.
0: Then Jack gets an MRI. This is where we get the oh, uh, normal people use ten percent of the brain. Jack's using (laughs) ninety percent of his brain. You know,
1: ninety
0: percent of his brain is in red.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's a beautiful sort of. Shade, uh, gradiented from red to green thing above, and then this <laughs> huge red glowing mass that's his brain below.
0: Yeah, almost like it should be warning lights going off.
1: Yep. <laughs> Teal comes in to say, Jack's gone missing. Yeah, that, that's okay, not, that's not good. No. <laughs> Something like that you, you're already worried
0: about. On a high security super secret base, and he's just walking around. At this point, you, maybe you put a guard on him, just in case. Yeah. You know, possession, brainwashing. They're very <laughs> Anything could be happening, and this is the second season. They've already been through a lot.
1: <laughs> they have been through a lot. <laughs> yep.
0: So Jacks managed to get to the armory and where he's uh, disassembling a staff weapon, taking the uh, nacuider out of uh, what a staff weapon?
1: Staff weapon. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful glowing vial of nacuider.
0: Yeah, that's an interesting. T- a liquid power source.
1: I really want to make one of these now. <laughs> I'm going to add it to my list of things to make. <laughs> a glowing vial of Naquada. The lumine- really
0: luminescence cool. would probably be the most difficult bit.
1: Yeah, I assume they used, like, glow sticks or something and just poured all the liquid in.
0: Ah, it could be, yeah. I don't
1: know. It looks pretty cool. It does. Prop department did a good job there.
0: And you wonder how many how many shots that gives them. My guess is a lot.
1: Yeah. I yeah, mean, I'd imagine so. You put
0: something like that in, you don't have to worry about it for another year. Because they never, that, never had a countdown, did they?
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: No, exactly. 2,000 shots left. Oh, the
1: staff weapon's out of power.
0: (laughs) Now it's just a bloody great big stick with weighted ends.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Tilt, good enough.
1: (laughs) Braytac would be easy. (laughs) He'd easily use just a weighted stick.
0: Yeah, Braytac goes into battle with only 10 shots left. (laughs) (laughs) Just because. He's (laughs) Braytac.
1: He'll cross that bridge when he comes to it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right, we jump back to the briefing room. The general, Sam, Janet and Daniel are there. Daniel reveals that the writing is the place of our our legacy. Or a piece of our leg. (laughs) Or a piece of our leg. (laughs) But it goes with legacy because it kind of fits.
1: Yeah, he says that's probably more likely.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of meaning there for five words.
1: Yes, there is. Also five. Five words.
0: The place of our legacy. Unless he, he actually said a few more words and that's all I've written down.
1: No, I think that's that's correct, isn't it? So, yeah, they explain that this is quite interesting and important.
0: He believes that it reveals there were a number of races that were allied against the gold or allied at least together. It may not be directly against the gold at that point, but uh, we're not quite sure. And he also believes that maybe it's only said in passing that information was downloaded into Jack's brain. Yeah. Just like it's just thrown into the mix. Obviously, you know, we're pretty, we're pretty sure we've seen what's happened. And if you've seen enough sci-fi, you go, yeah, I know, I know what's going on here.
1: It you're right about it being sort of just dropped in, because almost as soon as he said it, Tilt pops in to interrupt them and says, you're needed. Jack's doing something.
0: Come quickly. Well, I've been coming coming along to tell you, you don't know what he's been up to.
1: <laughs> and Jack, Jack that couldn't previously operate Microsoft Paint is now <laughs> recoding the gate computers.
0: Before that, the general gives SG-1 a go to uh, go on another mission, although uh, Jack and Daniel are staying behind. They've got a, a new officer, a major castleman, who doesn't get any credit on IMDb or Wiki at all. Really? I don't think he has a speaking part, so technically we suppose it's just an extra. Oh, well wow,
1: that's unfortunate.
0: <laughs> I do love Daniel's Egyptian screensaver, though. <laughs> Which one is it? It's the one with the little Egyptians walking, doing that dance they do. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Really there are multiple full.
1: rows going in different directions.
0: Years later, they would be hamsters. But for now, they are little Egyptian people. <laughs> Jack is having trouble. Well, not having trouble. Simply cannot speak at this point. Uh, he's only typing. Daniel is trying to figure out what he wants. Uh, you want to go through the Stargate? Uh, Jack uh, 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 shrugs. I don't know. <laughs> 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 Jack really doesn't know what the hell was going on.
1: Yeah, and we find out that the that we find out that the people that have devised this language and the um the weird head thing are probably the people who invented the Stargate. Or at least that's Daniel's idea.
0: The guy's brilliant at times, I'll give him that. He certainly is. <laughs> Quick visit to the general's office. Oh, one of the new guys. Lieutenant Simmons pops his head round the door. SG1 failed to make contact. Uh oh. Gonna be trouble. In the gate room, Lieutenant Simmons is there. No, Walter. It's disgraceful. No, Walter.
1: <laughs> Where's Gary Jones?
0: Yep, this one's been his day off. <laughs> his week off. Sorry, Gary, you can't be in every episode. You'd be a series regular then, and we're not going to pay you that. Aww. They get a message through the gate. Sam's on the other other end of the line. She tells them not to follow. The DHD has seized up. They didn't realise... Well, the mount didn't indicate that this system had two suns. The second sun has risen, and temperatures are going to go... Through the roof.
1: Yeah, apparently it's getting pretty toasty there. Yep.
0: Yeah. Uh, the general gives them 60 minutes to try a few things. Start sending maybe supplies or make contact again.
1: Run o'clock clock here,
0: the episode yeah. has
1: changed tact. Yeah, and then we cut to Jack, who appears to be assembling some sort of bomb, but it's not clear. Brood, whatever it is, but yeah. that's what he needs
0: the highly explosive, volatile chemical Naquida for. putting it into the device, which is what the drawing looked like. Cylindrical object with lots of little bits sticking out of it. And I do love that. Daniel and Janet take a few steps away. Oh, there's trouble. There's trouble. Sam's in trouble. (laughs) But don't tell Jack. As if he's deaf. He's two (laughs) two yards away from you and
1: we can hear you. Another classic TV trope.
0: (laughs) Maybe Jack isn't concentrating, but, you know, I'm pretty sure he he heard you.
1: (laughs) Yeah. The thing he's building, it's effectively, like we later find out, this is effectively like a primitive, well, it would be not in the quadrilla later, but a a reactor. Yeah. This is maybe where Sam got the idea.
0: Yeah, it would be, because you would still have the actual device, or at least yeah. obviously with some parts of it totally fused or inert, but you yeah. probably figure out that this supposedly did this, this did that. Yeah, and that's good, a good notion, yeah.
1: Yeah, and it didn't occur to me before. <laughs> I was just like, wait a minute, that's effectively what he's just built.
0: Streamlined it and made it look a little little bit more sci fi
1: Yeah. Some good old-fashioned American know-how.
0: And easier for uh, people with 3D printers to manufacture. (laughs) Oh, they would now. Right, we jump to the briefing room. Uh, We have an expert. That is what he's credited as. An expert. Is he? (laughs) He's on about my Mylar protection sheets, uh, heat-resistant tents. General isn't impressed. As the expert says, it's an idea, just not much of a one. This Um... is like Armageddon, where the you know, the scientists have got a couple of hours to think up something and,
1: you know, sold the sales. No. <laughs> yeah. You can also tell this guy's a, uh, an expert because he's quite balding. He's wearing like a brown jacket. He looks a bit like the mean guy that says, aliens. <laughs> did he have pads on the elbows, though? That's a giveaway. I know that. I can't remember. But if he did, you can pretty much guarantee he must have done.
0: <laughs> yeah. You go to Professor's R. Rus at any uh, (laughs) college town, they're the blazers you get with the elbow patches.
1: Yeah, bad coffee breath, mug in hand. (laughs) (laughs) No time for anybody, too busy.
0: Right, we jump to the gate, we've got communications again. Uh, Sam is saying that she believes the area will get to at least 200 Fahrenheit within four hours. They're dead. Nothing that Hammond could send through could counteract that temperature in a local area.
1: That's quite a lot typing it in. That yeah. is 93 degrees oh, Celsius. Good. That's hot. Yeah.
0: No amount of silver sheeting, reflective sheeting, is going to help you with that.
1: Yeah. But it's an emergency first aid blanket. You'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're back to the lab.
0: Jack and uh, Janet. Janet think he's finished. You know, Jack seems happy with his little device. <laughs> Flips a switch, the light comes on, and it hums pleasantly.
1: It does give a lovely hum.
0: It does, does not it? It makes you wonder how long the sand department draw how many different hums they use until the thought that's the one.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's quite interesting, like you say, the the fact that they've let him walk about the base and do what he wants. They've lost track of him countless times, even though he's clearly under the influence of something. And now they've just let him sit in a lab and build some kind of thing that they've got no idea what it does, but they definitely know it uses high powered NACODA cells. Yeah. And it looks a lot like a bomb. <laughs> it does. and they're like yeah yeah just, just turn it on it's fine go for it
0: it's nice though that Daniel even at this point still has faith in Jack he basically decides that this is the time he's got, to, he's got to tell Jack what's going on he's got a videotape with him as well I like the fact that whatever this device is they just leave it in the room and walk out
1: Ah, <laughs> uh, Jack turns it off before he leaves. Well, so, so, still,
0: yeah, oh, that's nice. Yeah, I've uh, I've disarmed the nuclear weapon, but we'll just leave it on this lab deck. You know, lab yeah, know. it'll be fine.
1: Know, it could be radiation, anything at all. No idea. Fine, it's probably fine. Yeah.
0: Who knows? You know, the people that actually designed this stuff were they like us? Did they have a high tolerance for radiation that kills us? We don't know. <laughs> I know
1: they get better at this sort of thing later in the series. Yeah. Not this series, but...
0: (laughs) Jack sees the tape, he grabs the paper, some pieces of paper and some pencils, and he goes to work.
1: Yeah, he's in full MacGyvering mode now. Yeah. He can see a problem, he can MacGyver his way out of it. No worries.
0: And he even takes time just to type out, shut up and go away. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Leave me
0: alone. He's busy. Sam's in trouble. Aww. The thought of Sam being in trouble breaks down the conditioning just for a few minutes. That's all that's required.
1: And then we uh, bounce back to the briefing room. Our expert is arguing with people, including Siler
0: Well, this makes Scylla look bad. Yeah. Because when it comes to big physical stuff, that's Scylla's domain. He can fix anything. He's, he's the Scotty of the SGC.
1: <laughs> he
0: is. Anything technical, then it, it, that's Sam's job. But if it needs a spanner or a wrench, Sila's your man.
1: Three feet fit electrical cables. <laughs> yeah.
0: I do like the fact that, you know, of all the, all the things they thought might go wrong, a mid-dial lockup wasn't one they ever considered. No. I suppose, you know, they don't really understand how the gate does what it does. They've never been able to take it apart and to see how it works inside. They don't know what cogs, wheels, magnetic sliders, or whatever powers it or is used to move everything about. There's only so much you can spitball, then yeah. try to figure out a solution.
1: I think in one of the later series, they do actually find out that there are a small fleet of, a small army of hamsters inside the <laughs> gate.
0: It does explain uh, a lot. They get
1: fed with the information and they just run around the inside
0: Again, very Discworld
1: Yes, yeah, that would be quite Discworld I like that
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, the thinking machine, hex Put these in one end and get the answer out the other
1: <laughs> That works for me at work
0: <laughs> <laughs> Right, so uh, Jack walks in We've got a solution Jack has drawn the specification sheet For a dial-home device Including the instructions needed to unjam it
1: yeah, he's a smart cookie.
0: Heartbreaking that this level of insight is going to be lost to them. Yes. On the other hand, the old, you know, the prime directive, give give a species too much power too quickly before they can adjust. We probably would have blown ourselves up within a decade.
1: Yeah, we would. <laughs> Maybe one would have been through the door in no time.
0: <laughs> oh, I watched a Christmas movie with Tom McBeath in the other day, and he was singing. Really? It's sounded like him. I think,
1: was it Jingle Bells? Something like that. Oh, He's in um, Jingle All The Way, isn't he? Is he? Is, it, is that what I'm thinking of? I think I might have seen him in a Christmas film before. Oh, this was one of this year's Hallmark movies. Oh, then no, I haven't. He's a Vancouver actor, so he's been in
0: a load of them over the years. If there's a Hallmark movie with one of the Stargate people in, then I'll watch
1: it. <laughs> oh, I'm going to have to find this.
0: Some of them are alright. A lot of them are so by the numbers it makes you want to weep. that <laughs> people are making good money by writing this stuff.
1: Really?
0: I think someone posted on Twitter the other day, they gave a basic AI, the plots, to a hundred Hallmark movies and let mm-hmm. it write one itself. And it came up with a passable storyline. <laughs> you know, there's a woman in a high-end job, but she's feeling pressure and she's not, she ain't got a family close by. There's an attractive Hallmark man who hasn't got a girlfriend yet. And they meet unexpectedly in this location where they've got something in common. That's uncanny. (laughs) It's absolutely ridiculous. You watch any number of Hallmark movies, you'll soon see the pattern.
1: Yeah, that's why they've got that reputation right, I guess.
0: Ultimately, it's very disturbing because more often than not, it is the woman that gives up the high paying job to settle down and start a family. Who's writing these? There's that undercurrent there, I'm not kidding you.
1: Hallmark Um, is a very
0: (laughs) American, middle American channel, and they don't go out and out religion, you know, like a lot of the Christian channels do. Mm-hmm. there is that underlying bit that family, marriage, wife at home. <laughs> oh dear. If she's making cakes, if she's running a bakery, that's that's fantastic. That's okay. <laughs> as long as her husband's a lawyer or something. Oh, uh, don't.
1: <laughs> it's just <laughs> wrong. I have seen a couple of Hallmark movies before when I used to stay with my parents and, oh, boy.
0: I'm a sucker for them,
1: though.
0: <laughs> okay, back to Stargate. They don't worry too much about Sam actually getting the instructions, implementing them, and how long it took or anything. From one scene to the next, her team are coming back through the Stargate. Plans were perfect. <laughs> Who did it? Everybody looks at Jack. Sam looks puzzled. T- Tilt goes up and apologises to Jack. We couldn't help you. Oh my god, Tilk. And he looks sad. I know, he's failed his friend because they were nearly burnt to death. <laughs> oh dear me! I know when when people say you know if if you were stuck on the planet, which member of SG One would you want? And you think well, you know some say Sam for intelligence, Jack for his Oran capabilities, but Tull could pick it up and carry you off planet, jump the highest mountain, then leap into the atmosphere and waiting <laughs> spaceship.
1: Yeah, he would, <laughs> and he'd do it all with a smile on his face. Yeah, well, a stoic smile, <laughs> a sort of smile. So, yeah, I'm presuming that that was maybe cut for time. Maybe there was footage in there that was that showed how it worked or how they got out.
0: Yeah, there might have been.
1: Or maybe there just wasn't budget with everything that was at the end of the episode.
0: Well, let's face it. They didn't go to town with the, the video quality of Sam. It was just <laughs> something that they ramped up all the contrast levels. Yeah. Made yeah, the image look really looks blown out. It particularly
1: up. bad. Yeah. Stick her in a hat, shove her in front of the camera. Well, that's it. They've come from Turn a planet that's
0: red hot. And she's
1: still wrapped up
0: with basically yep. what she went down done. I mean, if you if you'd have come through just wearing her underwear, just mopping a brow with a with a uniform jacket or something, you know, with a great right. really good tan.
1: Well, that's the dilemma they've got, isn't it? The sun's so high up; they need shade, but also they're going to cook. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we go to the uh, go back to Jack's lab, as it's now known. Yeah. And uh, see what's on the slab. I should. Why did I just compare Jack to <laughs> Frankenfurter? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I did that. Right. Anyway. On, on Jack's table is his completed thingamajig, yeah, gizmo, that we don't know what it does or why it exists or why he's built it. We just know that it makes this cool humming noise and it lights up when you press the button.
0: Unfortunately, uh, the dialing computer's also frozen now. Yeah. Red alert stuff happening. Jack basically just picks up the device, walks to one of the electrical substations that powers the gate. It's not secure. The substation where I work is at least behind a lock and key. Yes.
1: I know, the the interesting thing is when we cut away from that scene the first thing we see is at least two marines holding guns looking really menacing (laughs) like they're expecting people to burst through at any moment and yet no one's following Jack (laughs) Well, it's Jack, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. Well, I say that, except Daniel and Teal who just follow him to see what he does Should we not attempt to
0: stop him? (laughs) 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 Well, you can imagine Daniel saying well, I'm
1: not, are you? Yeah, Daniel's just like, ah, 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 we'll, we'll just see what he's up to. Oh, he's right next to those live wires. This looks very dangerous. Ah, well, let's just <laughs> let's just wait. <laughs> he pulls
0: open one of the panels, attaches the device to it. Thankfully, it's got little securing hooks. That was
1: good thinking there, Jack. And he took some massive jumper leads from somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, there were,
0: why, wouldn't, why wouldn't you have jumper leads next to one of those? <laughs> I'm not sure why. I'm trying to think of a reason, but...
1: <laughs> yeah, there must be a reason. I think he brings them in with him. And I think he's got them slung over his shoulder.
0: Ah, maybe, yep. Yeah. So, uh, Jack would certainly yeah. keep a set of them in his car. Yeah. He would. Or his Jeep, because I think, think Jack would be driving a Jeep, really. He's MacGyver, he has to drive yes, a Jeep. Yes, exactly. This is where he uses another word, UJ. It means, like, good. I think Daniel's yeah. right there. Excellent. Excellent, yes. That's what He's... Jack would say. Excellent. Yes, he would. <laughs>
1: Mr Burns style. Yes. <laughs> yeah.
0: And all suddenly they the report that the Stargate is getting ten times as much power as it normally draws. Which is a bit of a puzzle, because none of the cabling and the conduits are really designed for that sort of power, but nothing's blowing up.
1: And we've seen it blow up with smaller things happen. Yep. We get a beautiful piece of footage of the gate rotating at double speed, (laughs) (laughs) with a bit of a wobble. I assume they just sped up the footage.
0: Yeah, I like the fact that, you know, the General is panicking. The General does does not like being out of control. But as Daniel says, you know, Jack's done nothing bad so far. (laughs) Yeah. Let's play along. And okay, the gates, darling, Chevron Seven, encoded.
1: Yes, Chevron Seven is not locked. Okay,
0: that's uh, that's a bit unusual. Chevron Eight, locked.
1: Yeah, I love that they have a square for eight at the bottom. <laughs> I don't remember that eight always being there.
0: That has been brought up many times. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Sometimes the gates doesn't always have the same amount of glyphs on it.
1: No, <laughs> I know it's quite a major thing. You think maybe the dialing computer should just crash and say there's an error or something like that? Yeah. And they should say it seems to be adding another chevron.
0: Uh, chevron seven box gets filled and the gate's still working.
1: Yeah. And then it goes eight. I mean, to be fair, Carter programmed it, so you know she probably accounted for the fact that it might do things they didn't expect, and it should just deal with them.
0: Yeah. Like say, who knows? They might need nine one day. Yeah.
1: At which point, presumably, on that episode, there'll be a ninth box randomly appear at the bottom.
0: Although hopefully they're using the new software by then, but this is the government, so maybe not. Yeah. We haven't got in our budget to replace the software. Just just keep updating it as best you can. <laughs> and it gets more rickety and more prone to failure every time it gets updated. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just bust out the big floppy disks, dial the gate.
0: Right, so they are tracking the signal, just like they did in the movies.
1: Yeah, I do like that, it's nice. Yep. Yeah. Carter mentions it's outside the galaxy, outside the known galaxies, or something like that. I can't remember exactly what.
0: Which makes so much sense because they made a huge mistake in the movie. Yes. By making it the other end of the known universe. No. We haven't got the technology to track anything that far in real time.
1: (laughs) Was it the Killian Galaxy or something?
0: Yeah. I hypothesize that the extra chevron, extra symbol is a distance variable.
1: Okay. I can accept that.
0: Or an extension. It's
1: country code. It works. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> you have area codes then you have country codes you don't usually need a country code but if you need to dial another galaxy that's it yeah if, if, if you, drive, premium you know, dial rate in the 9. Milky
0: Way you don't even need a prefix code just the basic seven
1: <laughs> and then we get now what <laughs> a simple <laughs> question now what Jack goes zombie yeah he's a bit focused yeah Marine tries to stop him from moving and they decide he doesn't to try push. too hard no he doesn't try too hard he just stands in front of him and Jack stops like a robot I love the fact that Tilk volunteers. I'll go with him. I'll go with him. No worries. I know.
0: no Don't know where he's going, or why he's going, or if he will ever come back, but I'll keep my mate safe. <laughs> he's a good man. No GDO. And the general? Good. Yeah, I know. We
1: don't yeah, know where he's going,
0: so we're not going to give it. him one.
1: Don't, don't even <laughs> give him a helmet. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I know you've just returned from that planet with two sons where you almost died, but <laughs> Jack's on his merry way. Let him go. Yep. The computer tracking system loses Jack when he steps through the gate.
0: Yeah. Lost traveller. Which is uncanny really because the third season of Travellers has just been released on Netflix. Has it? Yes.
1: Excellent. <laughs> ah, there's a Mayborn. <laughs> yeah. Travellers, watch it, it's good. So we get a proper old fashioned full sequence through the gate, all the stars blasting past. And then Jack gets hurled from the stargate.
0: <laughs> yeah, so that's down the word stairs. for it. Yeah. There should be some broken bones.
1: Granted, he may yeah. be nice and
0: can relax he's floppy. You know, he's not bracing himself for impact, maybe, but he's going to have some bruises in the morning.
1: Yeah, these are likely to be the sort of stunts that (laughs) got him uh, so many problems.
0: Yeah, back in the day, you know, he could do that on MacGyver and be up and around in five minutes, no problem. Stargate, not so much.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but he's on the floor, and he sort of gazes up at these weird duck-like webbed feet.
0: I like the fact that initially you just see two little heads pop around, (laughs) kind of in silhouette. Like, they've heard something. They go, what's that? What's that, Bill? Don't know, Bob. Let's have a look.
1: <laughs> Bob?
0: <laughs> I, I mean, what are the odds that he meets two people who, who've got the right to speak for the Asgard? Or is this society so uniform that anybody can speak for the Asgard?
1: Yeah. We know in like pre- in future episodes there are things that... Council. Yeah. But I guess maybe they're all like prepared for this eventuality. Maybe they got a report back that said, someone's just used the head sucker.
0: (laughs) Yeah, if you spend any time near the Stargate, be prepared for post-contact. Yep. If you're not interested, don't go near that part of the city.
1: Oh, it's good. Yeah, the camera pans up slowly from these weird web-like feet. Yeah, the music swelling up. Translucent skin. Yeah, the music. Oh, my God, the music for this scene is so good. This is where we get the Asgard's motif come from, and it's like, oh, yes. (laughs) And Jack speaks in some strange language again. Yep. And then these two aliens speak the same language to each other, but we get we get subtitles. <laughs> well it's not it's not the same language. Is it Be- not the same language?
0: Jack's speaking ancient. They're speaking Asgard. Ah yes. He's human from Earth.
1: <laughs> and they say that they want to help him. Oh yeah, now we get an interesting thing that we don't usually see from the Asgard. Some sort of weird thing embedded into his hand.
0: Yeah, that makes you wonder. You know, when you're getting yourself cloned, I would like this extra this time, please. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A healing device. Oh, you going to be a want doctor? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically, the crystal flashes, Jack collapses, and we cut back to the SGC just for a little bit. The gate system is down. The DHD, the device, the computer, dialing computer is dead. The device is totally well flat. I suppose you'd argue as a power supply. Yeah. At the moment, Docket Command are just sitting there twiddling their thumbs. Which is fortunate, because, yep. mind you, they can't really do anything. So,
1: Yeah, they're pretty stuck, really. It's Silo that goes to check on the giant cables. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Risking electrocution. Cut back to the the weird little room with the red-painted walls, where Jack's waking up and looking a little bit shocked.
0: Did you notice that the texture of the walls was very rough? Yes. It looked
1: Awful. It does look awful, which is a shame because the rest of it looks amazing. I know. And then you've got this red wall that looks like they've just... You, you get that corridor shot. Yeah, I had the wide shot. It looks beautiful. Yeah. Like something out of Earth Final Conflict or something.
0: Yeah. They get a plasterer on that wall before they paint it. I know. I mean, they've, they've got a whole crew who do nothing but build sets. One of them could have probably done that in 10 minutes, put some heat lamps in front of it for an hour, then slap some paint on it. Job done.
1: It looks dreadful. It really looks like they just looked in the thing and they're like, we've got two tins of paint left (laughs) and we've got that wall over there.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we need a close-up of Jack, so we've got to do something.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But we can forgive them because the rest of this is incredible. Yeah. Jack says,
0: uh, hello, thanks them. and They basically reply to him in the same language, you're welcome.
1: Yeah, in English. Yep. And they've got their weird sort of echoey voice. Yeah. They know a lot of languages. They speak many.
0: As this conversation continues, the question is how they know so much about human physiology. It seems to worry Jack a little bit.
1: <laughs> All <laughs> <course> those well. <laughs> stories he's heard
0: about grey aliens kidnapping humans, probing them and everything. Suddenly, you go, hang on a minute.
1: They do look fantastic. Yeah. The, uh, the aliens, especially for season two Stargate, because their budget wasn't high. I mean, they do some pretty good stuff. When you look back from what we have in like season 10, everything looks pretty rough and ready. But I guess it's just the difference in what you can do with the budget, I guess. But I think at that point, you've got a lot of people
0: in the business who are very good with models and puppets, mm-hmm. who know how to shoot them so they look realistic, or at least don't look obviously fake. Yeah, do look
1: really realistic.
0: Yeah, because they had that problem when they created a CGI Asgard for the long shots. It didn't look very good.
1: No, there were a, a few of the later ones that actually looked way worse than these puppets in the original.
0: Well, it's the old sorry. even Star Wars had trouble getting a CGI Yoda to look as good oh, as yeah. the actual puppet Yoda.
1: I like Attack of the Clones Yoda.
0: Right, as the Asgard say, that the archive was not meant for humans, basically because their, their brain makeup isn't ad, as advanced enough to support that level of information. They say they are on the planet Othala, Othala, Othala in the galaxy of Ida, Jack. Managed to get here because subconsciously the information gave him what he needed to seek out help. They're quite impressed. They are. We didn't even think your brains were that advanced.
1: Uh, Brains? How do you know about that? (laughs) I know, and despite the fact that Jack is sitting on an alien world, in an alien galaxy, speaking to two aliens that look like they're from Roswell, and they compliment him and he's like, well, you know...
0: (laughs) Well, Jack's not going to take any crap from anybody either, and he's just going to be Jack, regardless.
1: Yeah, and that is why we love him.
0: (laughs) They uh, reveal that uh, humanity has great potential, that there were four great races, the Ancients, the not, the Asgard, know them, the Furlings, haven't met them.
1: The Furlings. (laughs) The furlings who everyone just assumes must look like the... Oh, Ewoks. Thank you, Ewoks. <laughs> yes, just just because of one scene in the episode 200. Their name starts with the word fur, <laughs> and they're called lings. That means they, they're expected to be small.
0: No, nah, come on. They were probably 10-foot-tall giant reptiles. <laughs>
1: like lizard Evolved people. from
0: dinosaurs or something like that. That would be amazing. It would be amazing if, they ever, if we ever get a new Stargate series and the furlings are and, you know, a centrepiece to it.
1: The furlings are like the gold. Yeah, yeah, that's it. They went They're evil. they not cuddly at all. <laughs> they went real evil. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. They don't say what happened to the furlings, I don't think. Nope. Yeah. It could well be that they turned evil.
0: <laughs> Jack is basically asking for help and understanding from uh, the Asgard. We're all alone out here. We're trying to do our best. We're not doing a great job about it, but we are a very, very curious race. I do like the fact that two aliens just look at each other go, yep. <laughs> Almost as if, can we tell him? Yes, I think so. And they hold out their hand, you know, and he actually shakes hands with an Asgard. You, you have already taken the first steps into becoming the fifth race.
1: Ooh, and then you get a chill down your spine. <laughs> you do.
0: That's the mythology that, that makes this my favourite episode of SG-1. Yeah? The rest of yeah. it is excellent in itself, but the world-building... This is such a pivotal episode, just like Thor's
1: Chariot. That's why I had to take it. <laughs> Even <laughs> over window of opportunity, I was like, oh, the fifth race is just <laughs> yeah, like a linchpin of everything. It's good times.
0: Scene finishes with the music playing. Very important scene, a game changer almost. Back to the SGC. Carter, she can do nothing. The system just isn't working. And then it starts working. As if by magic. As if by magic. The gate... Powers up, incoming wormhole, no iris, because why bother? <laughs> at this point, I think it indicates that someone else is controlling the gate. Yeah. And that is showing them that this technology is possible. You can control somebody else's gate. Even to the point of no iris, because the base computers are down.
1: I think they'd be able to get past that as well. Well, we've had the. When did the knocks come into it?
0: She just opened the gate, didn't she, by a wave of her hand. Yeah. Which season is that? Is that season one? Or is that way later? that's later when uh Leia. Leia Leia Freya
1: Freya Freya
0: no Freya's the Tokra Oh yeah <laughs> definitely not her. Uh, either way yeah when she comes through oh uh, the Tolan
1: wants it Yeah it's the Tolan episode when they went Yeah be first season home. episode you're right Yeah that's what I thought yeah so so they have they've already been introduced to the idea that the gate can be mysteriously controlled <laughs>
0: Yeah yeah fortunately by good guys at present
1: Yeah one of the fifth or fourth fourth races Yeah Yeah, Jack comes through the gate, looking pretty chuffed with himself. Um, (laughs) In classic Stargate fashion, the gate does what it wants at the right moment. The iris closes all of a sudden after he's through, and then it just shuts down.
0: Yeah, suddenly everything's working again. And Jack, (laughs) don't remember a thing. But we're going to be all right. When it comes to the actual debriefing, he'll remember a lot more. But right now, this is just Jack being Jack. I'm cool, and you know it. And you love (laughs) me for it.
1: Uh, they say, do you still possess the knowledge of the ancients? Nope. <laughs> Don't remember a thing.
0: <laughs> Delighted by that. <laughs> I and mean, that's where the episode closes. Leaves it hanging there. The uh, ideas that have been put into the narrative now, they will be explored further on, but for now, everything is right with the world.
1: Yeah. Damn good episode.
0: Fantastic episode. Everything you'd want from Stargate, you've got the mythology, you've got the drama, you've got the chemistry between the actors, you've got the performances, especially from Jack before and after, him and Tilk, him and Daniel, him and the Asgard, we don't know, never learn
1: the names. No, they're they're friendly. They're friendly. Unlike some of the other Asgard we find later. (laughs) They must be the sort of diplomatic team that are sent to intercept new travelers the welcome wagon they've got a basket of cookies (laughs) (laughs) they might well have done he's probably just brought out to the back for some huge party that's why he comes back with a smile on his face
0: it's not like galaxy quest when they first greet him with that whisker
1: (laughs) what are they gonna do with that (laughs) oh i've not seen galaxy quest in ages i'm gonna have to watch that this weekend
0: yeah i've probably got to put that on the watch list yeah okay then folks the Fifth Race, a classic episode of Stargate SG-1, an excellent pick by Ian.
1: Thank you very much. Yeah, couldn't have been I couldn't have been more happy when you told me no one had taken it yet. Yeah, I was like, what?
0: <laughs> well, I'd say you nearly missed that, because we originally penciled in the idea to do some recording last month, Yeah, and yeah, I didn't hear back from you, I didn't hear back from you, and then I was getting some other people on board, I thought, better message Ian to remind him just to give me the <laughs> episode title that he wants.
1: Yeah, things have just been crazy, crazy busy. <laughs> Hopefully next year I'll have a lot more spare time on my hands and be able to pick up some more episodes without without quite so much forward planning. I still want
0: to do uh, every season, yay or nay type series. Yes,
1: I definitely. Yeah, I, I want to do that. I've just got to pick
0: the words for it. You know, if 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 you say an episode isn't worth watching, is it a it up And is a, is a good one a space monkey? Oh, I like that. Yes or no or yay or nay or something like it that. It could
1: be wacko.
0: Come try her no. or... Uh, sp-
1: <laughs> <laughs> at least that's at least true. I've got the audio clip for that. <laughs> yeah, you have, that's true. Micta works. <laughs> yeah. Pain in the mic-
0: Oh, we could have Cree for both of them. The, uh, the, <laughs> Depending the, on the, how you say it. Yeah. Is that a good or bad episode? Cree. Thank you. <laughs> ah, Cree, Cree, Cree. There is a possibility, you know, you could do subtitles for an episode of Stargate where all you say is Cree, but with different inflections. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that actually could probably work. You should do like a mini cl- little clip show f- to start with. <laughs> just to see if it does work and how long it takes you. Yeah. <laughs> it would work well for Teal.
0: Okay then, we'll call it tonight. there. Thanks very much Ian for joining me. My pleasure. If anybody wants to join me on the episode of the Stargate Archives, then just pick an episode, your favourite episode of Stargate F C one Atlantis or Universe, and we'll have a chat over Skype about it. You've listened to the format, it takes an hour or so to record, it's pretty much painless if you want to get in touch with me stargatearchives at gmail.com stargatearchives.com is a website we are on tumblr google plus and facebook and on twitter we are at the gatecast which is one word ok then Ian thank you so much so everybody we'll see you next time until then I've been Mike
1: and I've been Ian take care bye bye see you later